Thank you, Cosband. That was beautiful. Thank you to all the children and the youth who helped out with our service this morning. And thank you to the teachers who helped prepare us this morning. And of course, thank you to Wade for helping, uh, having him prepare me this morning. As always, we invite you to open up a Bible this morning. And being Children's Sunday, we are spending some time on the well-known gospel accounts of Jesus' interaction and teachings about children. This morning, we'll be spending time in the Gospel of Mark. It'll be chapter 9, verses 33 through 37. And then we'll also spend some time in chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. The Gospel writer shares this account within the context of Jesus predicting his death, which then is coupled with instruction for life in the kingdom. We will see that Jesus speaks to the importance of childlike faith in service of others. So please open a Bible with me and listen to the word of God, starting in Mark chapter 9, verse 33. They, the disciples and Jesus, came to Capernaum. When Jesus was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept silent because the way they had argued was about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be the first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who has sent me. And now to chapter 10, starting in verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant or upset. He said to them, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. At the beginning of our passage in verse 33, we see after a road trip, Jesus and the disciples had a discussion within a home. And a home provides that privacy in a setting that's appropriate for some difficult family conversations. I remember growing up, on occasion, we would have what was called a family meeting. When the announcement came from my loving mother and father that we were going to have a family meeting, it was evident that the conversation we were about to have was a serious one. Our attendance as kids was not optional. Growing up with a family of six kids, sometimes getting to the truth about an issue took a little strategy. I remember one time my parents were seeking the truth about what we'll just generically label as a family matter. It was a classic whodunit scenario. My parents, who know their children very well, could look at all of their children in the eyes and the truth would be revealed, regardless of what came out of their mouths. Now, just for the record, it wasn't me. 
upon the conclusion of the investigation, we were all provided that wise and loving and unmistakable reminder about the importance of telling the truth. So Jesus asks his disciples, what were you arguing about on the road? I can only imagine Jesus, who he loved, and he loved his disciples as his children, right, looking at them as their, during their family meeting with the same look that my parents gave during ours. In verse 34, it says, But the disciples kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. The disciples didn't need to say a word. To have the truth revealed, all that Jesus had to do was look at them. Isn't it interesting how road trips bring out those family arguments? Growing up, our family would climb into our conversion van, which was affectionately known as Big Brown. And as the old adage goes, they don't make them like they used to. All eight of us would commute for 30 minutes every Sunday morning from Farmington to Cheshire to go to church. And by the time we got to church, it was inevitable. It was guaranteed that one of the children would be crying. Most likely me or my little brother. You see, all I wanted to be was the Red Power Ranger. The greatest, of course, and their greatness was solely dependent on its color. But instead, my two older brothers insisted that, indeed, I was instead the pink Power Ranger. <laughs> How did I ever survive? In verse 35, it continues, Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be the first must be the last and the servant of all. Have you ever seen or been the parent who takes a seat before things start to get real? Perhaps a pause followed by an extended exhale, followed by the arm extending down to slowly lower yourself into the seat, followed by another pause, all in preparation for your opening statements. Anyone who, must, who wants to be the first must be the very last the servant of all. It's one of the more Jesus-esque things that Jesus has said. And in the ancient days, teachers would sit while students would stand. Jesus, in those days, was in a posture of authority. And while in his authority, Jesus speaks about leadership, servant leadership. Servant leadership is kingdom culture. Jesus exemplified this through his coming and through his suffering. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, Apostle Paul articulates Christ's servant leadership beautifully. So I'm going to read that text, and what I ask you to do is just sit and listen to the word of God. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ— if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirits, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. 
not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset, mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen to that. So back to our gospel story here. The disciples were seeking their own advancement. They were seeking something like the Maccabean revolt where the warriors were held highly because of their victory. But instead, Jesus explains even in chapter 8 that those who lose their life will gain it in the kingdom of God. Verses 36 and uh, 37 of our passage this morning, it says, He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my, in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. In the days of Jesus, children were considered especially powerless. They were fully dependent on their parents. And in poor areas of that day, there were upwards of 50% mortality rates through the age of 12. In the Gentile community uh, around uh, the, the Christians, if parents could not support their children, it was common that they would abandon those children. And yet it was exactly those people, it's exactly the children the powerless, the fully dependent, the ones who, are, who too often die or are too often abandoned, it is they that the kingdom of God belongs to. Because of the kingdom of God, we, God's children, as we heard earlier in our passage, in our scripture readings, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some translations take that word wonderfully and translate it to uh, be set apart. We, the children of God, are set apart. We are set apart from the world because by the world's standards, we are not worth the cost. And by God's standards, we are set apart because we are the ones, the children, that inherit the kingdom of God. So in verse 37, it continues, or it ends rather, Whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. And this may come across as a bit odd, the way this is worded, but in those days, a person could come in place of another, and with the sender's permission, that person sent can act on full authority in place of that sender. So Jesus, being the one that was sent, is acting on full authority by the sender, God. So welcoming children means you welcome Jesus, which means you welcome God. 
but the disciples didn't seem to get it quite yet. In your Bibles, please move over with me over to chapter 10, starting in verse 13. And we'll see that the disciples have clearly forgotten the contents of their family meeting. Verse 13, it begins, People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. You see, Jesus was a busy man. We see within the larger context of our story, Jesus goes to this region and he's doing miracles and he's arguing with the Pharisees. And then a little bit later, he goes to that region over there and does something similar. Crowds were everywhere. People were getting tired. People were getting grumpy. The arguments with leadership was stressful. And all of a sudden, little ones are brought to Jesus for prayer. To the disciples, children were a distraction. We have big boy business to do, they may have thought. Surely the work that they were doing was important. In fact, it was more important than they had realized. While the disciples had lingered on political matters, Jesus had eternal matters in mind. The disciples were dreaming about victory over their historical enemies, but Jesus had uh, within his scope a larger victory. A cosmic victory over sin and death. In response to the disciples' rebuke of children being brought for prayer, we see in verse 14, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant or upset. He said to them, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them, for the, children, or for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hand on them, and he blessed them. That final sentence is a beautiful prompt for us to reflect this morning. Being Children's Sunday with a Sunday school celebration during the Sunday school hour, it's, it is a blessing to be a part of a church that places so much time and attention into children and youth ministry. Our service has been largely led by our children and our youth this morning, the ones that the kingdom of God belongs to. And as adults, let us use this story of Jesus and the children as a reminder, a reminder to keep our matters into perspective. Of course, we have much work to do. There are crowds to deal with. There are leaders to disagree with. There are long trips we have to take, and we're going to get tired, and we are going to get a little bit grumpy. But it's in those moments that we need to remember our family meetings, those times in our home, our those times in our church where the truth was and is revealed. The truth that Jesus came to us as a lowly servant to suffer and to die. And we are to imitate the humility of Christ. We are, at, just as Paul says, the Apostle Paul says, we are to die daily. And it's in that posture, it's in that daily death that we find life. Jesus has won the victory. And he sits on the heavenly throne because the last will be the first. And soon... He will come again as a triumphant king to return to his kingdom to be with us, his children. And in his fullness, 
is our fullness forevermore. Let us pray. Lord, on this Children's Sunday, we, re we remember your teaching. The kingdom of God belongs to your children, Lord. Help us be the children that you have called us to be all the way from the beginning. Lord, we long for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.